Life Audio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sparkle Speak. I'm your host, Catherine. Please join me in hearing from our special guest, Jennifer Slatery. She's an author, speaker, and ministry leader for Holy Love Ministries. She's also the voice of the Faith Over Fear podcast, as well as the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. Jennifer has a very incredible story. She, um, in her past, suffered from substance abuse and homelessness, and God just met her where she's at and brought her through a beautiful journey of love and healing in Jesus Christ. So I think that there's a lot to relate to in her story, and it's just so beautiful. I can't wait for you to listen. One of the biggest takeaways that I took away that I've been thinking of often since I spoke with her is just the the idea that every day we are faced with small and big choices, and each and every one of those choices is an opportunity for us to choose either light or to choose dark. And sometimes we don't think that those choices make that big of an impact, but when you collectively step back and look at all the little choices we make, it ultimately creates a bigger picture of are we choosing light or are we choosing dark most often in our life? And that really does have lasting impact. So that's something I have continued to think about. And um, I know you're just going to really enjoy hearing the wisdom that Jennifer has to share. So after a few words from our sponsors, we will get right into hearing more. So, well, why don't we um, get started with our first question? And that is, how did you first start identifying yourself as a Christian or how did you first start to to know God? That's a really actually complicated question because my story is not, it's not simple and it's not linear, but I first was introduced to Jesus. I was, when I was sometime before my third grade year, I don't exactly know because nobody really marked the date for me or it, but we lived in a poor trailer park in Oregon and kind of this, this teeny town, super, super teeny town in Oregon. And there was a lady that lived nearby. Her name was Dorothy and she opened her home to all these kids. And I don't think I ever wore shoes and I probably never washed my face and, and my hair was probably frizzy. I was probably a mess and I doubt I sat still and I maybe didn't listen very well. And I don't remember pretty much anything she taught me. I remember she fed us popcorn. I do remember that a lot. Yeah, well, and that she fed us. And I remember one day that she told me Jesus loved me and that he had died for me. And it was just a powerful, powerful moment. I didn't fully uh, comprehend, I don't believe at that age, but my spirit comprehended, if that makes any sense. And then we moved and we we moved a lot and just a lot happened in, a, felt like, you know, just in the years following. And ultimately I actually ended up homeless by the time I was 15 and I ended up, so I, I bounced kind of from home to home. I, I lived with friends when I could. And eventually I just, I gave up and I, I spiraled into self-destruction. I started drinking super, super heavily. And I, w- I ended up on the streets of Tacoma, Washington. And so there, I still think, even though and I, I had a very, very simple knowledge of God. So I, I understood Jesus was the only way to salvation. And I knew I needed that. I understood I did not deserve it. I was fully cognizant of my sin. I didn't understand really grace and love. And so it was kind of this, this fear-based, largely a lot of a lot of fear-based relationship on my end. I mean, I I feel like God was just so gracious and loving and, and, and present, 
but every night I, I knew, I didn't know a lot of scripture. I didn't know a lot about how to live in Christ, but I knew the way I was living was not what he wanted. And so every night I would ask him to forgive me and I would ask him to send someone to help me. And one day he did, he sent my husband, now my husband, we've been married 27 years and he was just the most gracious, gentle. Like I know it was a divine encounter. Like one day he just, he just gave me $200 and, and left. And I, I still, I've asked him a couple of like, why did you do that? And he's like, well, you needed it. And it, that was, he'd take me to, you know, to breakfast or to lunch. And, and I just kind of marvel at that. And we developed a friendship and then we fell in love and then we moved. He was not a believer at the time. And we started, so we, we moved to a small town in North Platte, Nebraska. So a small railroad town and pastors started coming by. And, and this, at this time we were living together unmarried and I'm still drinking heavily. We're going to the bars, you know, we're, we're not, we are not, we are not living in any respectable way. And looking back and it was more than one pastor. Like there were actually two that just kept hanging around. And one in particular, him and his wife took my husband and I out to lunch periodically. And I look back, they never once said, Hey, you guys are not living right they never said, Hey, you need to change your behavior. You're, you're living in sin, which we were. And, and I think if they had said that, I, I think it would have, it would have shut me down because I already knew I already, like I said before, I knew I wasn't worthy. What I needed to understand was that I didn't need to be because Christ was enough. And so that was kind of, and then just from there, we got plugged in to a church in Southern California. So we moved and moved and moved, <laughs> but we got plugged into a church in Southern California. And that's when I really, it was just, it was a beautiful church where here I am. It hasn't been a long time since I've been on the streets and I'm not, I'm not healthy. I'm not spiritually and emotionally mature. And yet this church came alongside me and started giving me opportunities to serve and even opportunities to lead, which I look back and I'm like, that was a brave, brave church. I mean, they walked beside me, so it wasn't like they were irresponsible, but that's when I really began to to grow and, and really began to heal and to understand what grace meant and also what it looked like to live in a godly manner. You know, so much of my worldview and that, that took years, but so much of my worldview began to shift. Yeah. Wow. You have an incredible story. And I think, um, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but what's um, unique about our podcast is we really try to speak to maybe people who are on the fence of following God. Like maybe they know of him or they've heard of him, but they don't really know that he's worth it or that they can take the leap of faith to make those changes in their life to follow him because he brings us life and actually being apart from him brings us death. And sometimes the world tells us the opposite and we don't really realize that. And so I love your story because you were someone who, um, like you were living apart from God and you realized this is not it. This is, there is so much more than this. And you took the leap of faith. You were courageous to do that because it's not easy. And, um, 
you know, I can relate to that. And I know so many others can, but I just, I thank you for sharing that, that you did take the leap of faith. So since then, would you say that um, there's a difference in your life and, and would you ever go back? Oh my goodness. So I look back at my times really throughout my, so I had, I had a, a rough teenage years and like from middle school on. And honestly, I, I spent so much time drinking because I thought, well, one day I won't wake up. I will just drink myself to death. And that seemed like a very peaceful way to end. And I didn't in that time, like I didn't have enough hope to even think I wanted hope, if that makes it like I, I didn't trust in hope. I didn't, I didn't reach for it. And then now, I mean, it's been a journey because God has done some deep, deep healing work. And, and that can be a challenging, frightening journey. But yeah, I look back. So my husband and I have been married 27 years. I, I adore him. He's my best friend. He, he uh, serves on the board of the ministry that, that we, we both lead and, and we travel the country and we speak to people on, you know, healing and freedom and grace. And, and I have a daughter who's, who's married and her and her husband are leading in church. And so, yeah, I, I look at the trajectory change of, you know, both my parents were, came from horrifically abusive situations. And I look at just, for me, there is no question the difference between light and dark. And, and when I was growing up, like I had family reunions where my aunts and uncles openly did drugs. And so I saw darkness and I knew darkness and I knew, I didn't understand what I was feeling then. But once I yielded my life to Jesus and really began to receive him, like that, that was the difference is like, I'm going to receive what you have for me. Then I began to experience light and it made the darkness I had felt before so much more apparent. And so, yeah, I would never go back to a life without, I would give up everything rather than go back to have everything go back to a life without him, because that, that was a very painful, confusing, frightening, lonely situation. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for saying that. I think a lot of people listening or can maybe relate to that. And hopefully just hearing someone who's maybe come to the other side of that gives them the hope that you said that you were lacking, maybe someone else needs that hope to know that there is a better, brighter, lighter future ahead. Um, And it also doesn't mean that, you know, you made these life changes. It doesn't mean now there's no more darkness in your life. I mean, obviously we, until we die, we're always going to be experiencing darkness, whether it's in our own hearts or around us or in the world around us. But I think you hit the nail on the head when you said the difference is that the hope is now there. When you have Christ in you and with you, you will never be left to the darkness to fend for yourself. And that I think is a really powerful, life-changing, mind-altering truth. Yeah. Well, and I think I, I often remember, or I try to reflect on, and, and God has proven this true in my life again and again, when Jesus said in John 10, verse 10, I have come that you might, so he said, he started, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. And 
I have discovered as I follow him, even if it's hard in the moment, he always is leading me toward increased life, increased freedom, increased joy, and increased peace, a joy and a peace. I'm not fully there yet, but I'm learning to experience and to receive his joy and peace, even in the midst of really painful situations. And mm-hmm. so I, I try to remember that we were heading what when heading one way or the other at every moment, right? Every time we resist obedience, we're heading towards increased decay, increased dysfunction, increased pain, increased death to relationships, to dreams, to, to who we were created to be. And every time we pivot and turn towards Jesus, we are moving towards increased life. But I also say that to know, so it's been, you know, like I said, my husband, and I've been married 27 years now. That's 27 years, actually even more, because I can see God throughout my life, even when I was not living with him, but he has proven himself faithful. And so it's easier for me now to say, okay, I trust, even though this hurts now, I trust that you're calling me to life because I know your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so true. It's it's the more we know him through scripture prayer community, the more we trust it, but time as well. I mean, that's just the reality is uh, us as humans, we over time start to trust the things that show up for us more and more and more. So um, I think that's great. And also a little plug to community that when we can connect with those people who maybe have been walking with him a little longer, um, we can kind of, some of their faith can sometimes rub off on us, you know, and, and that's really what community is all about is lifting each other up when we need it. So that just came to my mind as you were talking. Um, but we're, so we're already kind of talking about this. Um, but I'm, I'm curious from you, do you have a specific experience or maybe a season of life that really defined your faith journey? I mean, you really just gave us, you know, seems like a big one, but do you have anything else that you could share with us? Wow. Actually, I mean, I feel like every year there's something new and a new level. And there is a couple that, that resonate pretty deeply. So the first one, we're in Southern California and I was invited to a women's retreat. I'd never been, and I'm I'm really not even comfortable fully around church culture, right? Like I, I everybody seemed so religious and healthy and, and I had a different view of myself and I didn't recognize there were only four women that went. I didn't know it was going to be like this really intimate experience. And we went to a, a monastery in Santa Barbara where they rented out rooms. And, and so it was kind of a sol- silent retreat where you would have time where you'd meet together as a group. And, and one of our ladies in the group, she, she led some, read some scripture and then we'd talk about it. And then we would have time where we silence, where we're in our room or we're, we're walking around the grounds and just digesting what, what scripture, what God was saying to us through scripture. And the first night she read about the the woman at the well, a woman who you know just has a history. Scripture doesn't lay it all out, but but when you read the story, you get the sense that she has a history of pain and brokenness, and and yet Jesus met her, intentionally created this space where he encountered her in private, and I think that's a protective his protective heart, and he he met her in her place of pain, and he filled her with living water is what it says. So basically just his spirit that bubbles up within. And so the next morning I went on a run 
and I'm like running through the, there's like this winding road up in the hills and, and I, and you we're up above the cloud cover. So you can look down and you can see all the clouds and, and I am just crying out to God. And I'm like, Lord, why won't you love me? And I actually yelled it out. And I sensed him saying to me very clear, it wasn't an audible voice, but it was one of those where it's just so profound in, in your soul. He said, because you won't let me. Mm. And I took actually the next year really praying on that. Like, what does that even mean? And that began a pretty intense healing journey where, and I'm still on actually, but where God showed me my disconnect didn't come from him because his love flows freely. Therefore, that my disconnect, it came from within me. And there were a lot of reasons, you know, a lot of reasons I was resistant to his love. I, I, you know, scar tissue over my heart that, that made it hard to receive. And so that was kind of a journey. And then there was a second time that was also profoundly powerful where I was dealing with some past trauma stuff, but it was a phone call that was super hard and I get off the call and I'm sobbing. And it's one of those, a pain so deep, it like it physically, your heart physically hurts. And my husband, he, we, we were probably married like 14 years at the time. And he, he, I was laying in bed and he comes and he lays beside me and then he rolls on top of me and, and I'm like 120 and he's 250. So this is, you know, this big guy, big, he's a big teddy bear. He rolled on top of me and he held me and he said, I love you. 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 I love you over and over and over. And it was like, there was a, a click in my brain. And I said, that's Jesus. So that was a second time. And both they, they are around his love, right? Just mm. him. And, I, and I'm still learning. I'm still learning what it means to receive his love and to let myself receive his love. Yeah. Thank you. That's so beautiful. And I, I've never thought of it that way, that his love is free flowing. So if there's ever, if we're ever not really experiencing or feeling it, it's probably not him, it's us. And not to feel shame about that. It's just reality. We're broken humans and we live in a sinful world and that disconnects already there. But, you know, as people who believe in Christ, like we just have to realize that those floodgates are open. They're available to us and we just have to do the work of healing. And um, I guess just a one-off question to you, like where would you advise somebody start if they're like, I need some healing. What do I do? <laughs> do you have any places where someone can start? I will say, I think that journey can be different for everyone. So I would say just continually seek Christ, just continually say, I, I need healing. I, I need freedom. And because, and, and I would say therapy is, is super helpful, but I say that also, you have to find a good therapist and you have to find a therapist that depending on your situation, like if you come from trauma, that's trauma informed, that's also strong in, in the Lord, because it can be very dangerous to, to seek therapy outside of just that spiritual protection that comes when somebody's led by the Lord. I would say you mentioned community, find, find safe people that somebody that, you know, my husband played a huge role in my life of just loving me unconditionally and persistently and fiercely. And we all need someone to do that. The problem is in our broken world, we've 
often grown accustomed to unhealthy relationships and we're unhealthy ourselves. So that can be a challenge, but just walking forward. But I, I do believe, in fact, I know if we continually seek after Jesus, and I think we have to take the time, like where we say periodically, yes, we read scripture and yes, we, we go to church and, and do our Bible studies and, and all, you know, these spiritual disciplines, but we also take some time where we just sit and we give him time to lead, right. Or go on prayer walks. That was a big part for, I mean, it's winter here in Nebraska, it's getting a little better, but I love just taking my Pandora radio app and going for, for daily prayer walks where I, I pray, I listen, I, I sing, you know, I kind of, I try to follow, just be alert to God's presence. So I would mm. say he, he said, I came to give you life and give it to the full. And I believe him. That's his mm-hmm. heart. And so the first step is receiving him. Cause he said, my sheep know my voice. So it's going to be very, very challenging. I would say there's no healing apart from Christ. I can tell you that flat out. I don't believe there's, there's soul deep healing apart from Christ. So I think the first step is, is saying, Jesus, I need you. Mm-hmm. And then that's ground level. And then once we get there, say, okay, Jesus, show me what this life in you looks like and keep pursuing him. Even when, and I think this is the, this is the thing, even when it's frightening and hard, because so many of us remain stuck because most of us, myself included, are very pain and risk adverse, mm-hmm. but that hinders our growth and our healing and our transformation. So we can either pursue Christ with everything we have and therefore pursue the full life that he died to give us, or we can partially pursue and receive partial life. Mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah. Amen to that. And I don't usually do this, but for some reason in our conversation, I feel led to share it. So um, maybe I'll include this, maybe I won't. But my, uh, I'm having some issues with um, one of my kids right now. Nothing major, but just some some hard times where I've just been like, just kind of at the end of my rope. Like, Lord, I need you because I don't know what to do. And um someone that I had reached out to, there's that community piece again. Uh, she had suggested uh, praying Shalom, God's perfect peace over our home, over my son and over the situation. And I did, I did. I prayed a few times a day, just, just that God's perfect peace would just be like a blanket over our home and call me crazy, but I felt it viscerally. Amen. I was walking around for about a day or two, just like, I don't even ever want this feeling to end. It was just so perfect, so whole and so complete. And it was just peace. It was peace. It was love. It was this knowing that he's here and everything's going to be okay. And so I would recommend that even for people too. Like, even if you don't have a place to start, even just praying that his peace just covers you. And um, it, it just brought me to a better place. It gave me a newfound energy to kind of tackle the problem. So I just felt like sharing that. But No, I think that's beautiful. And I think that's super important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prayer. It, do, it does wonders. Um, 
Yeah. So just kind of as we wrap up here, do you have a favorite verse or something that God's been teaching you lately that you can share with us? Yeah. So, well, two. (laughs) So one is Isaiah 42, three, and it says that he will not, and I'm paraphrasing a little, he will not bend, he will not break a, a bended reed. And, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. And that, that's my own kind of paraphrase. But it reminds me that God is so gentle with us and he sees when we struggle and he doesn't squash us. He doesn't want to break us. He doesn't want to extinguish the light he's placed within us. He wants to fan it into flame and he wants us to thrive. And then the, the other one that I like to hold on to is Ephesians 2.10. And, and this is the New Living Translation verse, but, or new living translation, but it says, for we are God's masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good works, which he prepared long ago. And there's a few things that it reminds me of. He prepared the work for me. That's fulfilling, deeply fulfilling for me and joy giving before I committed my first sin or my 27th, before I made my first mistake, before I even figured out what this calling thing was before my schedule imploded or I experienced a health crisis or whatever comes in our life, right? God took all of that into consideration and he's created this path for each one of us that is, again, we go back to life-giving and there's peace in that. Kind of like you said, God's shalom, right? And I would add biblical peace is wholeness, right? It's things as they should be. And recognizing that, yes, he's got this, he's going to use this. Like he used your hard situation to bring you to a new level of experience with him. How beautiful is that? Mm -hmm. Right. So just recognizing and resting in his love and, and his presence and his faithfulness. And I'm going to use a, like a churchy word, but his sovereignty. So meaning his, how he has full control over everything, like resting in the safety of those truths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, sp- and speaking of that, this um, kind of leads me into my next point, but um, I want to talk to you about your podcast that you host. You have two shows with Life Audio. And how amazing is it that you came from living on the streets, someone who didn't even want to live to now having this beautiful marriage, beautiful family and hosting podcasts and and running a ministry. I mean, talk about God being in that story. So um, yeah, just amen to that. And then also, can you tell us about your shows and where people can find them? Sure. So they're both, you can find them on Life Audio or wherever you access podcast content. One is called Faith Over Fear. And so that's been a big part of my battle. I actually have OCD, like legit, and and God has brought me such, such healing. So I'm, I'm careful when I say that, but I'm still in the journey of, of experiencing freedom. But I say that to say, I understand fear and I understand anxiety, but I also understand, like you said, shalom, peace. And, and God is showing me, he has shown me ways to increase my peace and he's still showing me that. So I have a deep, deep heart and passion for deep compassion for those who are battling fear, anxiety, depression, whether it's situational, whether it's from trauma, whether it's from biological, you know, whatever, whatever the reason it, that hurts. Right. So I have a, so we want to equip people. We want to give them resources, truth, and that, 
hopefully is understandable. You know, we try to avoid a lot of churchy words that that can be misunderstood and confusing. And, and so we try to be clearer. And then we use a lot of our own story because we don't try to fix anybody. We are really just sharing how God is working in us. And then the Your Daily Bible verse, it's it's fun. It's like five, six minutes, Monday through Friday. And I actually have other people who help with that. But we just go over one verse and we kind of unpack it like the often... I like to look at like the historical context and the cultural context and the the literary context and and go you know what is what is God say and then what is God saying to us through this and so yeah yeah thank you so much for coming on and and I just really appreciate you well thank you for having me All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Sparkle Speak. As always, you can find us at sparklefaith.com or head over to our partners at lifeaudio.com where you can hear more podcasts just like this one. Don't forget to check out our show notes to find all of our social media. And as always, don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, share this with people that you think would enjoy hearing. It really helps us more than you realize and allows us to keep doing what we love to do, spreading the hope and love of Christ with others. So thank you so much for being here and we will see you next episode. Bye. In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.